Here we go. It's Law and Gospel on this Tuesday, September the 12th. And the hymn we're going to be taking a look at, I'm Tom Baker with Mark Smith, is Come Down, O Love Divine. And so here you'll hear a portion of it. Come down, O love divine. Italian vernacular hymn of praise and devotion from the midnight mid 13th into the 16th century. It was called a lauda, L A U D E. They were simple songs, often anonymous. In 1367, Bianco de Sena entered the newly founded order. And it was a community of unordained men devoted to preaching and works of mercy. He had 92 of his spiritual lodi and were preserved in manuscript form and finally published in 18, 
51. It is a prayer of the church, and it was allowed for use in corporate worship. The composer, Ralph Vaughn Williams, did the tune, and it's a hymn that is definitely to be used for this coming Sunday, which is, of course, a Sunday in Pentecost entitled The 16th Sunday After Pentecost. I'm not as familiar with this hymn. I'm Tom Baker and Pastor Mark Smith. How familiar are you with this hymn? I've heard it before. It's a, it's a sweet, a sweet hymn. Um, I like it. I haven't, I don't, I don't use it a whole lot. But you're right. I think it's the 15th Sunday after Pentecost, Tom. I could be wrong, but it's definitely fit for the uh, Pentecost season. Uh, it's it's just a sweet, I love the melody. And, um, you know, I like that opening line especially that we're going to read. Uh, uh, Come down, O love divine, seek thou this soul of mine. Now, this and, Sunday and, is the 16th Sunday after Pentecost. 16th Sunday after Pentecost? Yes, September the 17th. Okay, then it's the, uh, then it's, that would be the, uh, what, 15th Sunday after after Trinity? I don't know, I, I, I don't, get confused. I get yeah. confused. But, uh, numberings. Yeah, but at any rate, it's it's fit for the Pentecost season. And uh, I just I just like it because it, especially that seek thou this soul of mine. In other well, words, before you go ahead, why don't you right. just read the first stanza? Okay, okay, gladly. Come down, O love divine, seek thou this soul of mine, and visit it with thine own ardor glowing. O comforter, draw near, my heart appear and kindle it. Thy holy flame bestowing. So why do you like this first stanza? Well, I don't know. I picture, I picture uh, maybe a lone parishioner, somebody that feels like, you know, uh, it's maybe a difficult time of the year for him for some reason or other, and um, he just he 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 pleads for God to to send his holy spirit and seek it, seek him out as if as if god can forget where we are he knows where we are all the time but you know sometimes we do feel uh, a little lost or forgotten and that's that's how i picture uh the parishioner singing this what parable does this remind you of where god seeks us out i suppose the lost sheep yes well said Explain that parable a bit. Well, uh, yeah, Jesus tells three parables: the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son, also called the parables of uh, the prodigal son. And um, you know, the sheep wanders off. the The shepherd leaves the ninety nine uh, sheep in the fold uh, or in the flock, and he, he goes out searching for this lost sheep that is you know sheep are kind of dumb animals they can't really retrace their steps very well and they can they can get lost pretty easily alone and they just they just can't find their way back and so this this shepherd goes out seeking him and finds him in the thistles and briars and hoists him up on his 
on his shoulders, uh, matted, hot, manure, smeared fur and, and all, and, and hoists him up on his shoulders and takes him back to the 99. Yes. And he rejoices. Now, he, right. How do we do that? How do we do that? Well, it's, it's God doing that through his Holy Spirit. Um, we don't really, you know, we, we cannot find our way back without his help. I'm thinking that people can't find their way back, their way back to God without our help. Right, 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 right. That's right. The example that, I'm using is from the Old Testament reading from Genesis 50. Yeah. Did you take a look at that? No, but I did take a look at Ezekiel. Let's see, there's a there's a great passage, Ezekiel uh, 36, 26 to 28. It talks about God putting a new spirit within us, uh, creating a new heart within us. And uh, so, he, you know, he finds us. He... He is the one that takes the initiative, kind of like that father in the uh, in the story of the lost son. He he's the one that takes the initiative and sweeps up us into his arms through uh, the the Holy Spirit that that's conveyed to us by the gospel. Yeah, I want to get back to how the part we play in this. All right. And in Genesis fifty, this is the wonderful account when Jacob dies. Yes. And Joseph's brothers think that Joseph is going to hate them and pay them back for the evil that they did to him. Right. But what does Joseph do instead? He says, he says, don't fear. You know, you intended it for evil. You, you gave me to the traitors and sent me away to far off Egypt. You intended evil for me, but God intended it for good to save many people which he did by sending Joseph to Egypt. Joseph finally arose to that position of, I suppose, prime minister over all Egypt. And he did save perhaps millions of people uh, from, uh, from, uh, from famine. And then Joseph follows the advice of Jacob before he died. And what does he do with his brothers? Uh, he forgives them. He, that's right. He, that's the point that's I'm right. trying to make here. I got you. The, okay. That's you know, you know the message I, of it, the it, church. As you talked about the inter, in the introduction to this hymn, you talked about that group of I suppose you could call them lay preachers. This this strikes me as as something that would be near and dear to their hearts of getting the gospel out, uh, searching for the lost. A good fact, example would be the apostles. Right. Were they not lay preachers? Oh, yes, that's right. Some fishermen. Because they right. were not ordained. Right. But and and, they especially, were... and especially this hymn, it talks about the love that is uh, kindled within us by this this love divine. I think particularly a love for lost souls. Yes. Now, the second line, and visit it with thine own ardor glowing. Right. What does that mean, ardor? 
Ardor is uh, warmth of emotion or zeal or passion, which Excellent. is, of course, important for us. I always tell I always tell my seminarians. I think one of the most you know you you got to be solidly based on the Word of God, of course, but you also want to convey passion in your voice when you're preaching. When were two disciples? When did they have their hearts kindled? Two disciples. Two disciples. I'll give you a hint. Emmaus. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, the wonderful Bible study that Jesus, unbeknownst to them, they didn't know it was Jesus. He he right. kind of hid his identity from them for a while. And uh, that wonderful Bible study that he delivered on the way to Emmaus, to those two uh, two disciples. He, and remember what they said after he left? He, they said, didn't our hearts burn within us? Exactly. There you go. That's that love divine that that ardor glowing. Well, the last line, and kindle it thy holy flame bestowing. Yeah, that's right. That's the purpose of a sermon. That when right. people walk out of church, their hearts have been inflamed. Yes. That they're comforted. Comfort. And uh and I think again, I think this hymn also strongly suggests uh, a love a love for our 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 neighbor a love for god and especially a love for the lost i'll read stanza two okay oh let it freely burn till worldly passions turn to dust and ashes in its heat consuming and let thy glorious light shine ever on my sight and clothe me round the while my path illumining. So this is a continuation of the work of the Holy Spirit, correct? Right, absolutely. That's what this is all. This is about the whole, uh, Holy Spirit helping us, sanctifying would, us. Very good. This is the work of sanctification by right. God. Right. So, first of all, we're justified. Then, heaven, we're glorified. Okay. All right. I was just wondering what you're going to say. So, <laughs> that's why. It let it fairly burn till worldly passions turn to dust and ashes. Yeah. What is that talking about? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that, uh, we're, we're saying let it, let it the love divine burn freely within us. And, and let's, you know, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Let's, you know, let's put our priorities where they should be. Uh, not in worldly passions, you know, uh, what's that other hymn? Uh, I'm trying to think of a hymn that stresses uh, uh, the, the treasure of God's kingdom is, is paramount. All other things, one thing is needful, Lord, this treasure. I think that's the hymn I'm thinking of. 
uh, till worldly passions turn to dust and ashes. You know, what do you really need in this world? I mean, we, we tend to be so worldly. Even us Christians kind of fall into this trap sometimes. But um, till worldly passions, all the material things in this life, which, of course, God knows we need some of them, and he provides them. But a lot of this stuff that we don't need, uh, till that turns to dust and ashes, in its heat consuming. That, that, that is the heat of love divine, the Holy Spirit and his, his gospel. It fits well with uh, tomorrow we're going to be talking about Solomon's Proverbs, especially this last line. And clothe me round the while my path illumining. That's what the it, book yeah. of Proverbs does. It illuminates for us God's mind, his will, and his purpose for our lives. And the more we hear it, uh, the more, therefore, that dust and ashes become worldly passions. Yeah, I think of that line, uh, shine ever on my, on my sight and clothe me round the while my path illuming. Uh, I think of that passage, uh, the word of God uh, is, a, is a light unto my path and, uh, and a lamp unto my feet. Yes. All right. Stanza three, please. Let holy charity mine outward vesture be, and lowliness become mine in become mine inner clothing. True lowliness of heart, which takes the humbler part, and o'er its own shortcomings weeps with loathing. Now, that's something to be explained. Uh, what's outward vesture referring to? Well, again, in the previous passage, it talks about clothe me round the while yes. my path illuming. Uh, shine, oh, you know, I mean, uh, clothe me in, in your light, the light that comes uh, th through the gospel, through the Holy Spirit, working through the gospel, and... Um, and let holy charity be my outward vesture. In other words, not pomposity or um, or pride, undue pride, that sort of thing. But let let charity uh, be my outward vesture. You know, uh, let that be what the what the world sees. Let that, your light I, shall shine before men, that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. The vesture refers to our outward clothing. Right. And then the humbleness, the next line, yeah. become mine in inner clothing. What's inner right. clothing? Let's see. That would be, uh, well, that's, uh, in other words, it's not just, it's not just a, an outward appearance. It's not just what, oh, I want to I come off good to the world. I want right. to... Uh, I want the people to think of what a nice person I am, but let it truly be our inward, our inward drive, uh, that that of humility. What is that and inward may, drive? And may it be genuine. What is that inward drive? That's the Holy Spirit burning within us, and we receive 
what David asked for. Create in me. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Right. That's the inward drive. Yes. And, and so that's the inward clothing, too. So we have outwardly, we have vesture, but inwardly we have the voice of the Holy Spirit, which leads to true lowliness of heart, which takes the humbler part and over its own shortcomings weeps with loathing. Yes, yes. That is truly an authentic uh, spirit and love living within us to the point where we actually, you know, we're never, we're never perfect except in Christ. You know, we, you know, we're always, uh, there's always the old Adam that, that taints our righteousness, but, um, we, we're authentic when we loathe whatever is imperfect within us. When, when we don't, when we don't meet up to God's expectations, uh, completely. Right. When does that occur in worship? It, it only occurs in Christ, and that's, of course, uh, the high point of the Lord's Supper. Right. It also occurs in the confession of our sin. Right, where we hear the the absolution, and and, and it's it's not the, just the preacher's words; it's it's Jesus' words. Yes, and there are people occasionally that really loathe as they confess their sins of thought, word, and deed because they right. say we deserve only temporal and eternal punishment. That is That's right. That's part of the confession, right? That's a form of loathing. Yes, yes. All right. Stand four, please. In fact, uh, the fact that we're poor, miserable sinners. You know, some people say, well, I'm a, I'm a sinner, but I don't know if I'm a poor, miserable sinner. That's the loathing that we're talking about. We cannot save ourselves. It's only in Christ that we're saved by his forgiveness. Okay, you want the last verse? Fourth one, yes. And so the yearning strong with which the soul will long shall far outpass the power of human telling. No soul can guess his grace till it becomes the place wherein the Holy Spirit makes his dwelling. What does that mean that no soul can guess his grace? Yeah, that's a little that's a little challenging. Um, I would say no soul can guess his grace. I would say what that means is the human being born with original sin cannot possibly fathom the grace of God yes. until he receives it through the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yes. And how's that passage go, Tom? Um, we cannot, let's see, we cannot, uh, oh, I, it's early in the morning, I can't think of it, but, uh, oh, it does not yet appear what we shall be. Help me. Can you think of that passage? It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know 
that we shall be like him with his glory. Okay. Yes. We can't, we can't imagine, uh, really what, what our, what our glorified bodies would be like, what it will be like in in heaven, in the resurrection. We can merely, we can merely cling to his promises. Yes. How does the Holy Spirit make his dwelling? By living within us. It says there, uh, no soul can guess his grace till it becomes the place wherein the Holy Spirit makes his dwelling. That's when we come to faith. We cannot, we do not get it until we come to faith. And, and we only come to faith by the Holy Spirit's work. We don't, you know, we, we say, occasionally we say, you know, the world just doesn't get it. You know, why right. don't these people, why don't these people uh, understand? Because they don't believe. Why don't they believe? Because uh, the Holy Spirit, they haven't been, they haven't been uh, enlightened by the Holy Spirit because they, they don't give it any opportunity. They don't go to church. They don't hear the gospel. They don't hear the word. And how does the Holy Spirit make his dwelling? Already in baptism, through the washing of water and the word, and through the gospel. Now, that's important to say that because there's a lot of people in other countries who listen to missionaries yes. who only are preaching to them and right. they have not yet been baptized. But when they are preaching to them, they are preaching to them the words of the gospel. Yes. And what are the words of the gospel? The gospel, well, the, the, the uh, gospel in a nutshell, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's the gospel in a nutshell. Exactly. It's, it's his, his forgiveness. And you're right. Uh, I, I suppose the thief on the cross next to Jesus, as far as we know, he wasn't baptized. And yet he believed just just observing Jesus and hearing his word just just those few hours on the cross. He says, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. So he already had faith burning within him even then. Thanks so very much, Pastor Smith, in us taking a look at the hymn, Come Down, O Love Divine. And as I indicated, tomorrow we'll be continuing taking a look at Solomon's book on Proverbs, which has a number of the same issues from a law and gospel point of view. I'm Tom Baker. You heard Pastor Mark Smith. God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your checkout to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod.
If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.